What's up, world? It's Mike Kesser back with another episode, installment of Addiction Zombie. Hope y'all are doing well. This episode here is going to cover uh, stages of change. This is the process we all go through when it comes to making changes in our life or going through changes, whether we're conscious of it or not conscious of it. My mission in being conscious of it is going to allow us to be able to push forward, uh, advance in some of these stages um, by just doing a couple of things or focusing on a particular thing that um, can help us to move to the next stage. Um, the idea here is our goal is to begin to adopt these new renewed healthy behaviors that we're looking to do and looking to make in our lives. Um, we want those things to move us away from addiction, uh, maybe even criminal behavior, um, these things that have just kind of caused havoc in life, while ending um, and removing any unhealthy things in our life that may be keeping us from um, or keeping us subject to our addiction uh, and ruining our lives. You know, So we, we, we do these things, um, we move away from these things and we end these cycles and we develop new healthier habits um, through this process of change. Um, another goal here is to uh, begin to focus on our core skills, um, those things that we're going to truly need to be able to change. Some of those things are we need to be able to learn how to challenge our thoughts. So we learned about how we do what we do and why we do what we do and we've learned um, through the different sessions about, you know, gathering information and being honest and uh, the, the value, uh, importance of, of active sharing and active listening. Um, the idea here that we, we challenge our thoughts, we develop new social and relationship skills, um, and we develop new social community skills. We need to begin to better understand this process of change. Um, in its phases and stages so that we can identify, which is where I was getting to, where we can identify where in that process we are and where we can expect to be next. Um, it's also important to know that there's no time limit on these things. We all move through them at our own pace. No one can predict how long you know, we're going to be in different stages or phases of all of this change that's happening. The more we focused on um, the change, though, the more we focus on ourselves and what we're doing, um, and that thing that we have set a goal to accomplish, um, the more we'll be ready to move forward um, towards that change that we're desiring. Um, also, these uh, stages and, and, and phases are not linear. While they're described that way, um, it is always possible to move in any direction with them, um, to spiral back to a, a different phase uh, or a prior phase, to, um, you know, have to go through things and learn through new things as we come across new information or we, or we, or we find ourselves in relapse, you know, or lapse. Um, we um, have some definitions that really a lot of this is, again, just knowledge that we should just retain. Um, but there's some definitions. Uh, we discuss three phases when it comes to um, this process uh, that we're going to be going through. 
And as we begin to make these changes in our lives, the idea here of a five-stage model is something that we're going to use. Um, it's a common, you know, best practice tool that um, is used in the addiction field. Um, and it includes uh, a pre-contemplation stage. And so as we get into this, these are the different stages that you're in as you're kind of working through a process or getting yourself to set a goal um, to remove an addiction from your life. And so the first place you're going to find yourself, which you really don't even know you're there, is this pre-contemplation stage. And that is a stage where we're just oblivious that we even have a problem. We don't even know or paying attention to what's going on in our lives when it comes to this thing. It's just a pre-contemplation stage, uh, oblivion. Um, and then we move into this phase. It's a challenge phase. Um, and it's one of the first phases here because we've just been living life in pre-contemplation. So we then realize that there is something going on and it moves us into this challenge phase. And it's in this phase that we begin to challenge ourselves to begin to investigate, you know, what it is that we're having a problem with. Um, it's here that we're going to have to begin to take a few healthy risks and uh, begin to open ourselves up to the possibility of having a problem. And it's in this phase that we're going to start to gather information. And when we're ready to commit to that change, um, then we're going to move forward to a pledge stage. But it's in this challenge stage that we have contemplation, and contemplation comes right after that pre-contemplation, meaning I have no idea of a problem. Then all of a sudden something happens, and we start to see sign that there signs in our lives that there's something going on. There's a possibility of a problem. Um, and so we start to consider whether or not we need to seek out more information. Um, the second stage of change is or the third, excuse me, pre-contemplation, contemplation, second. The third is preparation. So we've now come to the conclusion that there may be something going on and that we may need to do something about it in our lives when it comes to our addiction. And so we move into this preparation stage where once we've decided that we do need to do something or we do need to make a change um, to the way we're living uh, and the people, places, and things that are causing us so many problems or, or allowing to have so many problems be available in our life, um, we begin to put in place the things that we need. And we start to search for things, um, uh, information related to the problem, fixing the problem, um, people, places, and things that are alternatives to the ones we have now, um, you know, perhaps therapists, group meetings, um, just how somebody else may have done it. You know, we're searching for these kind of things. Um, we're deleting phone numbers, unfriending people from Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and so it's in that preparation stage that we know we got something going on from that contemplation, but now we're, we're, put, we're starting to come up with the answers or, or some of the ideas that we want, want to put in place or, or think that may just be um, what we need to do to move away from this thing. Um, and that's when we move into the pledge stage or the pledge phase, excuse me, um, which then does have um, the action stage in it because it's in this pledge phase that we've uh, 
we've gathered enough information to at least start to move forward. Um, we've spent enough time searching ourselves um, and the world around us uh, for enough information that we truly begin to commit to moving forward with our change goals. We will start sharing a little bit more about ourselves than we might have in the past. Um, we may just start to leave the door open to hear um, sometimes the hard to swallow feedback that we need to get. Here we're going to continue to open up more about um, starting to replace our bad or old choices with new healthy ones. Um, it's in this pledge phase that um, we're going to sp spend a significant amount of our time um, in this change, in this recovery, um, learning, understanding, um, growing as, as a person and as somebody who's re removing um, whatever it was that helped to put that addiction in, in place, um, that, that root source or, or meaning or, or thing that we um, were compensating with the substance, uh, with the event. Uh, and we're going to begin in this, in this pledge stage to get stronger and happier. And so it's in, this, in, in the pledge phase here that, that action exists, like I said. Um, action is now the fourth stage in the five-stage process. Pre-contemplation, we have no clue. We start to contemplate. You know, some event happens, some catalyst happens that causes us to contemplate uh, that maybe something's going on. You know, we get a fight. We wake up and look ourselves in the mirror. We look at our lives. We lose a job. We get arrested. Something happens, um, you know that has us start to contemplate what's going on. It's in that contemplation that we decide enough is enough and we're going to start to fix this or we want to fix it. So we move into the preparation stage. We get all the things that we need prepared for the journey. Um, and then action is where we basically take that first step towards the change. We begin to reduce our use. Uh, we begin to reduce that thing in our lives. Um, we clean out the cabinets you know, um, clean out the closets. We change where we go. We change um, who we're hanging out with. We're now focused on the goal of changing and actively doing the things we need to make this happen. And so, again, that's going to be a process because you don't know right off the bat everything you need to know. So you're going to have to, um, you know, just keep at it. And when you feel weak, you're going to put coping skills in place. And when you feel like you need um, a break, you're going to talk to somebody. Um, you're going to you think about all the moments of the day that your addiction has taken over. And you're going to need to replace those moments with healthier alternatives. And for most addictions, that's almost every minute of every day. So you're really going to truly have to change everything about your life you know you are going to have to change the people the places and the things you know you can't be somebody who doesn't want to eat cheetos and keep a cabinet full of cheetos you can't be somebody who wants to stop smoking meth and live in a neighborhood where everybody's smoking meth you you can you, you may have to just out of uh you know financial situations but you don't have to go out and socialize. Um, you can change your, your, your people. 
Um, but then again, you may need to. You need to make you may need to make it a goal that you got to move. If your area is one that is just not going to be healthy for you, um, is not going to be supportive of your need to survive, to to preserve yourself, um, you know, and, and it's in those things. You know, you're not going to be able to, to do the same thing after work that you did all the time. That, that thing is not going to be the same thing anymore because your goals have changed. You're not going to go to the bar after work because you decided you don't want to drink alcohol or whatever. So you obviously wouldn't be doing that. Maybe you would change that up and go to a gym. Maybe you would change that up and go to some sort of a class. Um, whatever. Work on a hobby. Um, again, now here where you're in this action stage and you're doing what you got to do you're not all the way strong yet you're not all the way you know versed in all of the things you need to know it hasn't been a long enough time that that you've got this thing down and you've got all of the the, the little things that you're going to have to address as they come up all addressed um, and you may never you you will always have a little something that'll present itself a trigger they call it that'll make you feel like um, going back and, and so if you do go back uh, it's called relapse. And so the idea here of, of uh, I, and I like to separate it, and I have a lot of colleagues, and there's some information on separating these things as a lapse and a relapse. A lapse is a one-time event. A relapse is going back completely to old behaviors. The idea that you, at any moment in time, can lapse, um, which would take you back to the um, contemplation stage. You... Uh, or pre-contemplation stage, because you may lapse and think you don't got a problem until you realize that you got a problem and have to gather enough information to get yourself back into action again. Um, or you'll lapse and you'll right away know this is not the life I want. You know, this is definitely, I, the way I feel is not as good as I felt while I was doing, you know, um, good and I was on my goal. Um, and so... You may quickly go from, oh, I don't like this contemplation, um, to, okay, I need to get to more meetings, I need to get to more uh, conversations, I need to put in place some new hobbies, um, get a new job, get a new place to live, stop hanging out with Joe Bob or whatever the heck. And so the idea there would be that you would quickly move back through those stages, back into the action stage. Um, and so it goes on and on and on um, until you get to a place where you are owning it. And that's the third phase um, and where the fifth stage maintenance exists. And so this third phase of ownership, which um, we go from our challenge phase to our pledge phase to now our ownership phase. Um, and it's in this phase that we've made changes. Um, we have seen proof in our daily lives and um, have the desire to maintain this homeostasis or this balance in our life that we've created at this point. Um, you know, six months, a year down the road, two years down the road, you know, you're in that maintenance stage. You're not having the same day-to-day -day problems. You don't have any evidence in your day-to-day -day that um, your addiction is still present. Now, you may still have feelings or thoughts or, or random um, triggers that'll hit you that make you want to think about using or or going back to your addiction but you have got enough under your belt and enough strength built up that you don't do those things 
Um, and that's going to be something that's an ongoing process. Um, and so it's that balance that you want to maintain and that you're, you're strong enough to maintain. Um, it's in this phase that you start to grow beyond your addiction and into other areas of your life, beginning to explore and venture out really who you are because you're replacing a lot of time in your life and a lot of, 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 of thought that was taken up. Um, and so now you're filling that with new opportunity and desire to grow and venture out and to do new things and to explore. And so our confidence and our abilities to better handle risky situation gets str stronger. And we prove to ourselves um, on a number of occasions that we've truly changed as a person. And that's where we get to that maintenance. And maintenance is the stage in which we find that homeostasis, that balance in our life, which our addiction is no longer part of our active day-to-day. It's been um, some time since we last used or took part in that thing that caused us so much pain. Um, we are working, paying our bills, happy for the most part, and are working towards personal growth beyond that addiction. That is your maintenance, and that's where you'll live for the rest of your life. Unless, again, that relapse happens. Um, you know, that lapse happens. And that it basically considered an additional stage that can kind of be interjected anywhere. Um, it's outside the three phases. Um, it's outside the five stages, uh, but includes uh, it's included because uh, it is something that most people will likely experience early on, um, even late on, because you may feel like you've got this and want to see if you're going to be affected in the same way. And so a lot of people dip their toe back in that um, and either find themselves completely back on you know, uh, in rela full relapse mode and, and back in pre-contemplation, not thinking it's a problem, or they're going to quickly realize and uh, that that's something they can't do anymore and will quickly get themselves back into um, preparation and, and action um, until they get themselves to a place where they're back into um, that balanced uh, maintenance stage. And so how do we apply this? We've kind of talked about how we would apply it um, in our lives along the way um, and just you know so we realize the fact that we just in our life it's not just addiction this is kind of how everything that may be going on with us or things that we want to fix or things that may be deficits or, or things that just need more attention blah 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 all those things that we just don't realize are, are things that exist in pre-contemplation stage you know when we have no idea no clue that we even have a problem we don't see any signs we are in denial, uh, we make excuses because we don't want to change, uh, because we honestly don't see anything wrong. Um, it isn't until something happens that we get in trouble, a fight, arrest, some negative event takes place um, that we are even able to see or believe that there might be a problem that we need to address. It's in that catalyst type event, again, that we, we begin to start looking for answers and move into the challenge phase as we begin to start changing or challenging, uh, at this point, challenging our thoughts, our beliefs, and our understanding of the world around us. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to be looking at the world around us. We need to look at, okay, so if this is what I'm doing with my life, how am I actually thinking about these things? You know, do I have some beliefs that are just off or askew? You know, um, how do I understand the world around me? Am I really thinking my tiny little world is all that there is? When you start to look outside of that and realize how small your world really is, it becomes something that's just a, an eye-opener, a game-changer. Um, and, and it's here that we find ourselves in back in that, and then I'm continuing with it, kind of recap it, 
is in, in that contemplation stage because there's these things that we're like starting to challenge and um, it's now that we begin to see that something is wrong and at this point we may or may not know exactly what it is um, and it could be something that's not even related to an addiction but we, here we find something that's happening you know and we, we start to um, want to change it um, we may not have known that it was something but it's now something um, and it's in this consideration or contemplation that if we want to change it we keep move forward, moving forward with it and we start investigating more about it because we need answers as humans we're dot to dots we love the dot to dots we are dot to dot thinkers and so we want to we want to conclude that thought on this situation and so we start to move forward um, it's also during this information gathering stage that that our concerns about ourselves may begin to include assessing how we've affected our family um, and their well-being our relationships with our friends our place in society and we use those things as a motivator um, and now at some point when we had enough of the problem uh, being a constant presence in our life it's then that we'll naturally move forward into that preparation stage you know we will naturally uh, begin to start making plans and putting in place the tools and resources we need to make the changes to make these things um, successfully happen and so we will seek out helpful materials self-assessment tools uh, like this podcast you know like the workbook that accompanies it um, that you can get from um, addictionzombie.wordpress.com there's a link to the Amazon page where you can get an e-version of it or the printed version of it um, so that you just got all this in print you know we may call a counselor we may find AA, NA meetings, Overeater Anonymous meetings, Sex Addicts Anonymous meetings um, we may start talking to family and friends um, but it's in all of that preparation that we, we kind of get things lined up and it's from here that we move to that pledge stage that we talked about um, or that action, the pledge phase or that action stage. We, we make this move the moment we take our, our actual first step towards our goal. We move into that action stage literally the second we make our first step. Um, it begins that, that, that split second we decide to quit and we, we attend the first meeting or we start doing that first thing um, that we need to remove these things from our life. It's at that point that we also start setting goals for ourselves. We need to be setting goals. We need to be able to, to put things ahead of us that we can work towards and look forward to. Um, goals and rewards. You know, every day you should have a little something. Every week you should have something a little bigger. Every month something a little bigger. And every three, three months, six months, something even bigger. And maybe even once a year something enormous that, you, that you're looking forward to and rewarding yourself with. It keeps you going forward, and it gives you something that you don't need to have any other kind of rewards in your life for the most part, um, you know, at least like the addiction type thing, um, because you're now, you're now getting enough of it on a regular or enough of schedule that, that you've, you've now replaced um, the need or the, the seeking of that reward because you're getting it in not only the health of your life, but in the little things that you, you do for yourself um, and you allow yourself to do um, that's healthy. Um, as we are 
making this pledge to ourselves and we start that journey um, it's in this that we we kind of figure out really why we're giving up these things um, because we need to have that in place so that when it starts to get tough um, it's going to allow us to be more rational about these things. Um, it's going to allow us to have a, a reason to not go back to our old ways. Um, it's um, going to be something that we, that's going to allow us to clearly define our goals. That's going to keep us on the right path. And it's going to allow us to self-correct when we start to stray from our plans. Um, and so it's in this goal setting and realizing and reward setting that we're going to have some things in place that are going to allow us to just kind of build a good foundation and stay on the right path. Um, it's not going to be easy for most of us, you know, uh, if not all of us, when it comes to these things. Otherwise, we would have just stopped them. We wouldn't be listening to some guy on a, on a podcast talk about these things in addition to the hundreds of other things that you do um, for yourself. Um, and we're going to have lapses in judgment, and that's okay. You know, we just need to stay committed to heading in the right direction that we've decided for ourselves and our loved ones and our community, you know. Um, and we need to understand outside of ourselves that, that connection between our loved ones and our community to ourselves. You know, I feel like there's three parts of who we are. You know, there's our, our spirit, and that's kind of that entity that if you kind of think about where am I, you know, you're in your brain, you would think, you would point to your head possibly, but is that really where you feel like you're at? Or do you feel like you're the energy that kind of is flowing through this vessel? You know, then there is your brain, and then there is your body. Um, the idea that your spirit, you know, makes requests of your brain, uh, and your brain then makes commands of your body, and your body's senses gather information and report that to the brain for recording and processing that your spirit then uses um, almost as its, basically as its supercomputer um, to dictate requests and commands that then follow down the chain. But in our lives, our brains and our bodies have taken over, you know, and, you know, our brain takes over and, and it has what it has and wants what it wants and it makes our bodies do things, and, and when those things are strong and our spirit is weak, then they kind of overpower, you know, they kind of bully their way through life, and that's why we don't feel good, because that spirit's really getting taken advantage of, or it doesn't have the control it's supposed to have, and so if we understand that that spirit is something that we need to strengthen, you know, the idea of relationships, the idea of rest, the idea of nutrition, the idea of exercise, the idea of learning, you know, all of those things that we do and that, that discipline to do those things and to stay consistent with those things, um, those relationships, our place in our community, all of those things feed that spirit um, while adjusting the body and keeping it in, in check. Um, you know, it keeps the body busy, keeps the brain busy doing what it's supposed to do so that it's just not idle and, and not you know, dictating things because it's too busy processing all that stuff that we're having it do, which allows our soul to build self-esteem 
and to build momentum and to build command and control of our vessel. Um, and to have that be something that our focus needs to be on is, is real uh, important. Uh, and so as we're looking at this stuff, you know, um, we're seeking help and self-reflecting. We're continuing to have conversations about uh, our health with our healthy supporters beginning to develop more healthy coping skills and working towards telling yourself, you know, nothing but positive things. Um, it's all going to help keep you in that action stage. You know, it's going to keep us um, working through this program and listening to these podcasts and doing, again, the, the thousands of other things that you're doing for yourself. Now, remember, when you're on your journey, you're using tools. Um, you're using all these things that you have around you. You know, um, you need to keep your eyes and ears open for new tools as they cross your path. You know, being open and honest about what you need to do and what's going on with you, seeking out information, deciding to, to put that information into play, to give it a shot, to have communication with those people around you, to, you know, make amends and, and really start to give more of yourself and your time are, are all tools that we learned. And these, these stages of changes work along with them. You know, the five parts of eating, sleep, and exercise, learning, and loving are all things that we've got there as well to, to be able to dictate. Um, there are some other things that we can do for coping skills. Um, and I think when it comes to um, things that you don't plan to happen, you start to face adversity. Um, you face those adversities with some determination. You don't just simply give up. That's why we had the mindset that we put ourselves in right away when it came to the first-person shooter. We need to be geared up, and we need to be to have the mindset that it's us or them. It's us or our addiction, and who's going to win? And who's winning and who's dictating the win is our spirit. Our spirit's dictating to our brain and our body to use its strengths and resources to, to do what we need to do and to accomplish what we need to accomplish uh, because there's more in life that we've got to do beyond this okay this is something that has come in because there was um, some sort of drama trauma stress rejection you know some sort of uh, you know failure something in our life that was not dealt with in a healthy manner or we didn't have the skills to deal with in a healthy manner or that creeped up on us because we have some predisposition in the way that our brain works but whatever it is it's it's something that's that's it's infiltrated, and so we need to be able to really um, stay focused and and stay prepared uh, to adapt as as those goal as our goal uh, is challenged. And I think one cool tool that I'd like to throw out here um, is Halt, which is hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Some of you probably heard about it, but it's a really good one for us when we are just sitting around going what the heck's going on with me why am i feeling like i need to you know to release myself or to go back to my addiction or to you know relapse or, or to do something else why am i arguing why am i feeling stressed or anxiety um halt is a great term because we know you know it's a stop you know halt who goes there you know the idea is stop we say to ourselves halt stop um, and then we ask ourselves am i hungry well if i'm hungry then i need to eat Problem solved. No, I'm not hungry. Angry. Am I angry? Let me think. No, I'm not angry. Okay. So there's no nothing I have to address. Am I lonely? 
Um, yeah, I feel a little lonely. You'll go find a healthy friend. Go find a healthy uh, a way of engaging with the world around you. Go grocery shopping. Go, go uh, you know, sock shopping. I don't know. Go do something and, and get out in the world to where you can kind of commingle and get a little bit of that. You know, go sit in the park. Um, call a friend. Do something fun. The idea that you, um, you solve the problem. Okay. Or you might say, no, I'm not lonely. I just spent all day with friends and family. That's not it. Well, are you tired? Well, actually, I might be tired. We'll take a nap or go to bed. You know, problem solved. So it's in those kind of basic things there that, that it really helps us to have a tool like that. But I also think running through your other things that we've talked about, you know, my, and again, some of, some of them are dealt with in, in HALT, but, you know, how am I sleeping? How am I eating? How am I exercising? You know, you know, have I spent enough time learning? Have I spent enough time appreciating people um, and, and loving? You know, they all kind of fit in there somewhere. Um, and so having those kind of things in place um, really allows you to um, do those quick self-assessments. You know, the idea of you asking yourself, what's the, what's the biggest struggle I've had? And, and maybe that's something that's weighing on me. You know, what's, what's the best thing that I've done? You know, maybe I need to do more of that. Um, or maybe I forgot all these good things I've been doing and been so focused on the negative that I'm not allowing myself to really balance out my feelings with all the good. And so by going through and listing off all your good things, you know, and the plans that you have for the week, the biggest thing you need to get for the week, will we'll, uh, balance the scales or, or tip the scales in the favor of positivity and set you off in the right direction. You know, the idea that you do that um, and then you take yourself to a place to where you identify something you've learned, you know, that's some growth proof and you, you show somebody some appreciation, you know, that gives you a little bit of a warm and fuzzy connection. It really will allow you in all of those tools to at least be actionable in the way you're feeling that's trying to get you to lapse or to go back on your plans, you know? And so it's in those things that are called coping skills that we just continue to do what we gotta do, you know? Um, so that we can get to the ownership phase, you know? That place where we've won more battles than we've lost and we begin to share our story with the world. You know, we've had a substantial amount of time um, either clean or addiction free. Um, and we're not just talking the talk, but we're walking the walk. You know, that's the mission for all of these things is to get us to that place. Um, and it's there where we're vested in ourselves to the point that we're not going to risk all that we've built. You know, if we look at one hand filled with all the good stuff we've done and the other hand, that's just, you know, the old life before all this effort and time it's going to be a real easy decision. That new life is going to look so much better than the old one that it's going to be as simple. It's going to be funny even to, to even think about going back to your old life because the new one is just so much more healthier and you have so much more control and your, your esteem is up and your goals are getting done and the world looks at you differently. Um, and, and so it's in all of that, that that we're trying to build. We're trying to build all that um, and, and we're not going to risk it all, at least with not without a fight, you know. Um, and here you begin to feel that reward of committing yourself to change. You don't want to look back. 
you know, that maintenance stage um, is a return to that sense of balance, you know. Um, I think when it comes to relapse too, one of the best things you could probably do for yourself is ask yourself a couple of questions, um, you know, relapse happens. Um, for some, it's believed to be part of the process because it allows you to dig your heels in to your commitment of moving forward. Um, and so when these things happen, you know, or you can imagine the last time that happened, you can ask yourself things like, you know, what you don't like about this relapse, you know, what I don't like about my relapse or my lapse. And then it's in that answer that you kind of give yourself a list of details, you know, the way you felt, the the time that you feel you've lost, the, the backpedaling of it, maybe the events that took place um, after you lapsed. Um, and then think about what, what benefit did your lapse have on your life or your goals overall? What did it cost, you know? Um, did the lapse give you any kind of a benefit? Probably not, you know? Maybe let you dig your heels in, but did it take you towards your goal? Did it cost you? You know, how much money did you blow? How many, you know, was there any relationships that you, that suffered? And not even just external relationships like with friends, family, or your community, but the relationship with yourself. How was that affected by relapsing or lapsing, you know? Um, and so understanding where that's at and understanding how these stages are the idea here of being able to move through these things is the pre-contemplation stage is just about a catalyst that takes place. Something happens in life that makes us think about it. And that's what gets us to contemplation. Contemplation and moving from contemplation to preparation is all about gathering information, you know, um, as much as we can to give us enough information and enough time with that information to make a best decision for ourselves. And it's in that that we move from that contemplation to, to preparation because you're doing some pre preparing. Um, and then if you want to move yourself forward into action, it's all about just making the first step, picking something on that list and doing it. And then picking something else and doing it and sticking to doing it. And that moves you into the action stage. And now it's a matter of assessing yourself in all these ways that we talk about so that you can continue to uncover, unearth issues that may cause you to fall back. And as you're, you know, cleaning out the closet and cleaning out your life and putting in place healthier things, it becomes something now that, that you have a process for repair. You have a process for seeking out and resolving issue. And so the idea here is that we continue to use those things um, in just doing them, facing those fears and just doing them that allows us to then get ourselves, um, to the maintenance stage. And so it's information that moves us forward. It's action that moves us forward. It's consistency that moves us forward. Um, and so really what I want to do is I want to ask you, you know, how ready are you to do this? You know, how ready are you to change? What's your readiness? And so I want you to give yourself a number from one to 10. One, I'm not motivated at all to make change. Number 10, I am completely motivated to change. Okay, then I want you to ask you whatever that number was, why is your motivation where it is? Why was your motivation a five and not a 10? 
you know, a five and not a nine? Um, and what would it take for you to get to that nine or that 10 from your five? Okay, the answer to that question is something that you need to think about, you know, or why, would, why am I at a 10? Why, is, why am I saying I'm at a 10 for my readiness to do this and not a five? You know, those are the things that are motivating you. Those are the things that um, you need to hold on to. You know, what has you so motivated? Um, and it's the answer to those questions, whether you're 10 and ready to go, that'll give you that uh, insight of, of why you're doing this, or that five, you know, getting that five to a 10 being what needs to happen to get you to that place. And, and so um, identifying, you know, what would increase our motivation gives you an idea of what you need to work on. Identifying why you are so motivated at this point gives you a clear view uh, of what you value and what you see important. Um, a straightforward way to get started in correcting these things um, that may be mental roadblocks for you is a little exercise I'm going to give you in a second. Uh, it's called WDEP, and it's a little piece of paper that we fill out. All right. Um, and so what you want to do is you want to take a piece of paper and vertically write W, underneath it D, underneath it E, and then underneath it P. Um, it's something that I got from APA.org, uh, and I've, I've used it tons of times. And under with the W, you're going to write down, what do you really want? Want um, is the W, want. What do you really want when it comes to your addiction or to this change or to your life? What do you really want? And you can use this for all kinds of things, but right now, just what do you really want with this thing when it comes to your addiction? Okay, and then the, the D is, what are you doing right now to get this? D, doing. What are you doing right now to get that goal? Okay, and then E is evaluate. Evaluate if what you're doing right now is enough to get it. If it is, cool, keep doing it. If it's not, then the P is, if not, then what's your plan? You need to come up with a plan to get that. Um, and you can do this for big things, little things. It is just a simple process that allows you to kind of assess and put a plan and action in place about what do you want, what's something you want, what are you doing to get it, evaluating whether or not right now you're doing enough to get it, and if you're not, what's the plan to be enough um, to get it. And then finally here, I got just a quick little more, a few more things for you um, about roadblocks. Um, and keeping them um, from keeping you from changing. You know, sometimes we have mental ro ro roadblocks, you know, that, that have made their way into our lives um, that are keeping us from being able to change. We're so hard-headed or they're just so ingrained in our beliefs that we just can't do nothing to alter these things. And we might just have to downright refuse to allow these things to, to, to do something in our lives. Or we, they may just be having us downright refuse to change, period and you know some stubbornness in there and so if you are saying any of the following things to yourself it's a problem and you need to be able to put a plan in place to remove them okay if you're saying i've tried this before and it didn't work you need to put a plan in place to remove that um i've just always been this way you know it's not worth the effort to try to change you know everyone around me does it why can't i if you're saying these kind of things you need to put a plan in place to remove the elements that got you thinking that way. I don't need to change. I don't like change. It's uncomfortable. Any of those things. 
you need to put a plan in place to remove those things from your life because they are roadblocks, huge, huge roadblocks that are just not going to allow you to do this anymore. And if you know somebody that's got those things, that stubbornness, it, it, nothing's going to happen until those things get resolved, um, just how it is. And so I'm going to ask you, as we finish this up, to think about the stages of change. Think about what it is they mean and where they're at, where you're at in them, what you can do to move yourself through them. Because once you get to the maintenance stage with one problem, you're actually now in a pre-contemplation stage for the next problem. And you're going to live life going from this in this cycle as the next thing. And it may not be addiction. Maybe it's your work. You didn't realize your work was something that you wanted to um, improve. Now you're thinking about it because you need you had some bills due that your your paycheck didn't cover, and so now you start to do homework on new jobs, um, and researching new jobs, and then you decide to take the action of going off and applying for some, and you pick one up and you learn to do it and you do it well, and then all of a sudden you turn back and you have a new career, um, you've moved through the the stages of change with your career, your relationship. You didn't realize your relationship wasn't healthy. You, something happened, an argument happened, life happened, somebody said something, and it made you think about how unhealthy your relationship might actually be. So you start doing homework about your relationship. You start doing research about relationships, and you get to a place to where you're like, you know what, yeah, this isn't a healthy relationship. And so then your, your action is you either work to repair it or to better it or you sever from it, and you, you move yourself forward in, uh, you know, um, come into that grips of, you know, living life beyond that relationship and getting healthy again and going on to a new relationship. Um, and, and so you get into a new relationship or you repair that relationship and you everything is all good, you move to the maintenance stage. So it's in these stages of change that it can apply across the board. Um, you know, knowing that we have uh, to need to be willing to do this and wanting to do this giving ourselves a number on a scale, one to 10, about how ready we are, and then asking ourselves, why am I at that score? Um, and the reasons why you're at that score or why it's not higher or lower become things on your to-do list or on your motivation list. Um, being able to, to mark down what it is that um, you want and what you're doing to get what you want, and if what you're doing is enough to get what you want, and if not, putting a plan in place. At the same time, kind of looking at roadblocks that may just be really stifling you, you know, really are just holding you back or keeping you from even fathoming moving beyond or the possibility of you really being able to move on. Um, some of those doubts, those ugly little voices in your head that are throwing those ugly things at you need to be, we need to put a plan in place to shut them up and to give you some, at least some hope um, or some, some blind faith to move forward. Uh, until those things start to show evidence that you actually can do these things and they actually are beneficial for you. Um, and so I'm going to finish up. We talked about your best thing, your biggest struggle, and why you're moving forward in this episode already. Um, but I want you to answer them things. Well, what's the best thing that happened to you this past week? What's been your biggest struggle? You know, what's the most important thing you need to do this upcoming week? How have you been sleeping, eating, and exercising? You doing what you got to do? You just pretending or you too busy? You need to find time for yourself. 
you're worth it. What's something new you learned in this past week? You should go share that with somebody. That way they learn something new this week. Who or what should you be showing appreciation to for something this past week? And who are you going to show that appreciation to or what you're going to show that appreciation to um, in this upcoming week? What'd you rate your week overall, 1 to 10? Same question. Why'd you rate it a 10? What would it take for you to get it to 10 if it wasn't a 10? And kind of seeing what those answers are and how they apply to what we need to be doing or what we're doing right. All right, y'all. Be good. It's Mike Kesser. I'm out. Hey, you made it this far. Right on. Well, thanks for listening. I want to give you some ways of reaching out and engaging with me beyond the podcast itself. Even though it originated from anchor.fm slash addiction zombie, you may have got it through Spotify or Google or a few other places that it's also uploaded to. Um, I want you to be able to reach out to me on Instagram, which is addiction zombie. And you can get me um, my blog, but also links to the workbook that goes along with this podcast, um, which is called addiction zombie, the undead addiction workbook. And that is available on Amazon, but through the WordPress website, uh, you can get the link directly to it. At the same time, my blog has got all kinds of other zombie related news and fun stuff there as well. Um, I do have a, a trilogy that I wrote called undead weapons that um, you'll notice on this channel also has its own podcasts that uh, are being uploaded as I do them uh, in episode format and that is me reading the books themselves um, in little two three chapter segments it's all there it's all me it's your big bro Mike hope you're well be good I'm out